most gracious, ever-loving Father, we turn now to you for understanding of your word. Lord, I pray that you use me as your instrument to preach your word to us, your people, so that our lives will be enriched and encouraged. And Lord, that someone here might know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Speak now, O Lord, for your servants are listening. Thank you, Lord, that your word would accomplish its purpose and its will. In Jesus' name, Lord, we pray. Amen. You can join me to the letter of Romans, 6th chapter, to look at verses 11 to 14. Romans, 6th chapter, looking at verses 11 to 14. I will be reading from the New Living Translation. Romans, Paul's letter written to the church in Roman prior to his visit there. He sends them this letter dealing with the totality of our salvation. If you're not there, say, hold on. I'll hold on. Amen. Praise God for the children keeping up with us. Romans 6 chapter. If you're not there, say hold on. All right, he's still working. Amen. Thank you, mothers. Amen. Amen. Train the child in the way of the Lord. Amen. If you're there, say let us begin. It simply says, So you also should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Jesus Christ. Do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God, for you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is rightly for the glory of God. Sin is no longer your master, for you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the free freedom of God's grace. Praise God for your word. Amen. You may be seen as you take your seat. If you can help me announce this to your neighbor. Tell them, die to live. Die to live. Amen. 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 Dealing with this subject matter of die so that you can live, I first want to deal with, if you will, how you have to live with a made-up mind. We live in a world full of choices. Every morning you wake up, you choose what you're going to wear. You choose if you will brush your teeth or not. You choose if you go to work or not. You choose your path, your direction to school or work. And yet, but before you even make it that far, you first had to make the choice to whether you're going to live or die. Because if you choose to live, then you will do everything that's required to live. Y'all quiet on me. But if you choose to die, then you're going to do everything that's required 
for you to die. So you need to make a choice. Every morning you wake up, whom you going to live for? Once you make that choice, that's the end of discussion. Y'all quiet on me. If you choose to live for him who died for you, then you have already removed lying, gossip, and fornication. Come on, somebody. You ought to remove that out of your schedule because that does not fit on your agenda because of the choice you have made. But if you choose to live in a deadly life of sin, then you already made up your mind how you're going to get high today. How you're going to be hanging out late at night and you already made your arrangement. But when you change your attitude, it's amazing how it changes your whole day. Am I talking to somebody here this morning? I don't mean to offend nobody, but I just got to tell the truth. Because the Bible says that then should we keep on sin? God forbid. It's right there at the first verse of the sixth chapter. After we've been justified by his death, then why are we still living in sin? Come on, somebody. Does it catch on that if you have been dead, in Christ, that you were baptized with him, baptized with him, immersed, fully immersed in his death, and now you're alive in him, then if you are dead, then why are you living amongst the dead? You know how people say that when they go to the graveyard, you know what they see? Bunch of hopes smashed. Because a lot of people had good intentions in the bird in the grave. They intended to do this. They intended to do that. But their hopes and dreams were smashed because they fell short. One person put it this way, that you always put their sunrise date and their end date. But he says those dates don't matter. It's that dash in between. What did you do while you were here? And that is all broke back to the choices that we make. And so we have to look in the process that when someone buries you in the grave, that will your legacy live on? Y'all don't hear me. Jesus was buried in the grave, but he lived on. We can have that same result. Saying first, to, be, to die, to live, first you must realize that you have to be baptized into Christ's death. To be immersed. We, we as Zion Baptist Church, am I right about it? Isn't that the name of this fellowship? Zion Baptist Church. Uh, We believe in immersion because that's what the word means. To be immersed, to be submerged. A submarine, right, submerges underwater. It don't just get water poured over it. It goes under. Am I right about it? And then when it comes up, it comes back to the surface. But first it has to go under. To us to be submerged and, and to be completely covered under Christ also physically means that we too were submerged and immersed in his death. Why did he die? I'm glad you asked that question. He died for our sins so that we can be set free. So therefore, if we're dead to sin, how can we live in it? You can't. See, the problem that we have to wake up to and realize is that we should not be continually living in sin. Somebody's looking at me and, and probably not understand what I'm saying, so I'm hoping I can break it down for you to help you understand. When we use the word living, 
as a verb is an ongoing participle, meaning that action is still going. And so to be living in sin means that I said I used to drink, means I, that's in the past. But if I'm saying I'm drinking, that means I'm still drinking. So we should always be speaking in the past of our sins. Come on, somebody. It should not be an ongoing process. Now, yes, we have some hang-ups and we have some problems and we have some habits, but can I speak some truth to you? They should not be hang-ups. I got a few people with me. Y'all can go home mad with me all you want, say you ain't going to come back no more. That's fine. That's good. But I'm going to tell you the truth is that I realize that my Bible tells me that I'm not weak. I'm not a punk, but I got some power. Some Holy Ghost power that is mighty in the power of God, able to tear down strongholds and bring them to under subjection of the word of God. Which means to me that I don't have to continue living in a place of addiction and sinful habits, but yet I got the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh-huh. I figure y'all going to be quiet on me this morning. It's all right. This is what Jesus has called us to do. Look, look what happened. Go back to the woman caught in adultery. After she was caught in adultery and the accusers was there, he asked her, where are thine accusers? She said, they all left. He says, neither do I accuse you. Go and sin no more. To the one he had healed, he told him, do not sin anymore, lest this come amongst you again worse. He gives warnings when he heals them, saying, go and sin no more. Basically saying this, that you should not be caught up in the same mess over and over and over again. I, I don't know about you, but, but when David got caught with Bathsheba, I don't think he got caught again. He realized every way I, I won't go down that path. I repent, I change. But some of us get caught, but we go right. If you're dead, how come you're still living in a dead life? But we should be living in the newness of life. It's right there in the text. I know it's hard. As they say, it's tight, but it's right. Because it says that we have been united with him. We became like him in his death. And he died to this world, not living for this world, but he died to, to, to set us free from the power of the sin, the power of this world, so that we could now live for the Lord. What I like when you look at that verse, it says that we died with him and we shall have what? Be with him in the resurrection. Y'all see that? So we have the past tense. We should be dead. We should be dead with him. Y'all, y'all see the tense in there? Y'all looking at me kind of funny. Y'all see that right there? It said we, we died with That's past tense. I mean, it's already happened. And then we shall and we will or we might be with them in the resurrection. I mean, there's something else to come. But while we're waiting for that next stage, we ought to be walking in a new life. See, the problem is, the problem is it, it, when it comes to putting it to action, that's where we got the problem. But when we want to feel good about our sin sickness, we get excited when somebody says, you know, you're a new creation. Oh, yes, I am. Because you want to hear that because you don't, you don't want to be reminded what a messed up wretch you are. 
You, it don't feel good when somebody tells you, you know, you're a sinner. You need to repent because you get, you get upset when somebody tells you you need to repent. You say, I don't need to repent. You need to repent for that. Because if we say we are without sin, we are a lie and the truth is not in us. Because they were saying Christ died for no reason. That, that's the point we got to wake up and realize this, that there's some sins in our lives that we have habits of that we continue to do. And there's some sins we slip up and we fall. But we need to fall back like David and make this prayer to the Lord. Reveal to me my presumptuous sins and, and show me my secret fault so they will not have dominion over me. Because we all are slaves to something. It says whether you're a slave to sin and its result is death or you're a slave to righteousness. It's right there in the text. Because if we first know that we are baptized in the death, then we know who we are and who we are to be. Let me slow that down. If you know you've been baptized in the death, then you know who you are, present tense, and you know who you are to be, future. We say the same, right, I'm not who I used to be. I'm not. Who I should be, right? So we realize that there's a status that I'm glad where I am right now, but I'm not what I used to be. But I'm not what I should be, realizing that there's some more work to be done. Best way I can put on it, I I dealt with it in Jeremiah, talking about how we need to stay in the wheel. How the potter puts the clay on the wheel. And long as the clay's on the wheel, it's still in the potter's hand. Y'all missing it. And so if the clay is still on the wheel and in the potter's hand, I mean, he's not done with you. Y'all not following me. That means if he's not done with you, that means he's still working on you. Oh, now y'all with me. And if he's still working on you, that means he's still removing some imperfections. So he can get you right and take you through the fire so you can be well done. Y'all missed that part. Y'all missed that part. Let me, let me, let me go back again. Rewind. He continues you working on your on the wheel, putting you together so he can put you through the fire so you can be well done. Some of, y- some of y'all caught on. Let me help out those that didn't get it. When he talked to those who had the talents, he said to the one who had fire that comes in, well done. Oh, y'all still didn't get it. Y'all still didn't get it. Y'all still didn't get it. When everything is said and done, do you want him to tell you that it's been undone and you messed up? Or do you want to hear, well done? And so in order to be well done, you got to stay in the master's hand. And when you're in the master's hand, guess what you're doing? You're in his will. Some of y'all still with me. Some of y'all jumped off already. And if you're still in his will, you're doing what he's commanded you to do. I lost a whole bunch of people now. But let me just tell you what Jesus tells us to do. That my father is holy. Be ye holy. As I am holy. God is love. Thou shalt love one another. I I, I know some of y'all say, I heard all this stuff before and all this stuff. Well, if you heard all this before, then how are you showing it? Because it go back to your choice. When you wake up in the morning, did you make, already make up your mind that I'm going to love everybody across my path? Even those who curse at me, persecute me, abuse me, misuse me. 
will I still love them as Christ loves me? Because some of us will wake up in the morning and our minds already made up that if so-and-so crossed my path, I'm going to let them know something. You want to have your mind made up. I see them again. I'm so not going to let them have it. Already made up your mind how you want to tell somebody how much you don't love them. Is that the mind of Christ? Being baptized in his death means I know who I am. Who I am, I'm a child of God. So therefore I shall act like a child of God. We shall be like him. So we're waiting for the day we'll be like him. We'll be done away with this body of sin. Come on, somebody. Because if we're like him, baptized in death, then no longer are we living in this body of sin. Why? Because Christ set us free from sin. You see that? First, I'm baptized in his death. Second, I know who I am and who I'm going to be. Thirdly, I know that I've been set free. To be free is to be acquitted because Christ is sacrificed. Y'all see that there? To be acquitted, to be atoned, to be justified, to be made right means that we were on court. Remember, we were we were proved guilty, but he declared us innocent. He said we are not guilty. He justified us. He made us right. He cleared our record. So no longer can we be tried again. Y'all miss that. You can never take me back to court. For all the wrong that I did, and I'll tell you, I did it, too. I'll make a confessor. You ready? Here you go. Yes, I did all that. Uh-huh. Yeah, I did all that. You're going to take me before the judge. Judge says, no, he's, he, I can't try him again. Why? Because he, he's already paid the price. Who? He didn't pay the price. He's walking free. That's right, because my son died. Do you catch that? We've been set free because someone else took our position. And catch this. We became one with him. When we believe in him, when we place our faith in him, we too are immersed and baptized in this. Jesus, look at Jesus prayer in John 17. Lord, my prayer is that they be one as you and I are one. He tells them before he even gets to that time of prayer by himself, telling them that abide in me and I will abide in you. As I abide in my Father, and wherever you ask in my name, my Father will give to you. Why is that, Jesus? Why, whatever I ask, the Father will give me? Because you're asking in my name. What does that mean? It means it's just like me asking. <laughs> Some of y'all didn't catch that. It's just like Jesus. Who, when a father deny his son, I'm going to leave y'all alone. Y'all looking at me funny. I'm going to leave y'all alone. I'm, I'm going to move on. Y'all seem like y'all not catching. I'm going to go keep on. All right, here we go. Who, who, who we are in Christ. We know that we are to no longer live in the same way. I love how verse 11 says, the New Living Translation says, So you should also consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. I'm going to leave y'all alone because y'all, y'all looking like y'all, I'm, I'm speaking too long. I'm just leaving it right here. He said, you should consider yourself dead. Consider yourself dead. Basically saying you need to wake up in the morning and say, I am dead to this world, but I'm alive in Christ. It should be a point when you wake up in the morning, you thank the Lord for this day. You say, Lord, I'm living for you. I I know we get excited with that other song that I'm living for the weekend. (laughs) Or or, or, Trinidad Party just got paid Friday night. 
But yet, when we wake up in the morning, we should realize I'm not living for a paycheck. I'm not living for the weekend. But I'm living for the one who bled and died for me. And so in this process, we need to die to live. To let sin reign to take control over your life, over your body, means that the enemy is using you. Y'all, y'all help me out in, in honor of, of, of Mother, of, of mother, uh, mother Glover. Tell, tell your neighbor, don't let the devil use you. Y'all help me out. Tell your neighbor, don't let the devil use you. Now, I think the devil was using me, but Mother Glover would spank me and tell me, don't let the devil use you. And she always spanked me while I was running in the church. I was doing things I didn't think that bad, you know, just, you know, I, I decided it was quicker <laughs> to get where I wanted to go but to run. But she would spank me and say, don't let the devil use you. Right here in our text, it says here, that's what Paul said, don't let the devil use you. If you are dead, then you should not be used as an instrument or weapon for wickedness. But instead, you should be using as a tool or an instrument or a weapon for righteousness. Can I make it clear? What do you use a hammer for? To hammer nails. What do you get a screwdriver for? To tighten screws. Each tool has a specific job. And you use that tool to get that job done. You don't, and how the saying goes, if you walk around with a hammer, everything looks like a nail. And so the same situation that we walk around, we walk around and God as a tool, he knows how to use us. And if you walk around with the enemy, the enemy will know how to abuse you. You know, when you don't use something properly, it's called abuse. The enemy has come to abuse you. How, this is how they abuse you. This is how they abuse you. This is how they abuse you. Uh, can you stand up for me, Pastor Saul, for a moment, one moment? This is how the enemy abuse you. Hey, um, can you be look out for me? I'm just going to go into the storage. You just let me know if you see somebody coming, okay? All right, all right, all right. I'm abusing my friend. I ain't telling him I'm about to go and steal. I just say, hey, just tell me you see somebody coming. That's what they do. They abuse it. They don't tell you everything. Let's give you part of it. So when you get locked up, you wonder why you locked up. Your friend ain't going to bail you out. They'll be like, how'd you get caught, man? What happened? That's what they do. But Jesus says, I pray that he, he'll lead you not into temptation and cancer. Deliver us. From me, what God will make sure how the just live by faith that the good steps of the man are lean, lean not unto your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge the and he will direct thy path. Do you understand how God will make sure you don't go down the wrong path, he'll make you down the right path because he knows how to use you. But the enemy, he wants to abuse you. Paul said, do not let them get a foothold. How we get a foothold? How we get a foothold? Somebody come and say, I hate you. Next week, you got a hold of that. Oh, you hate me. Okay, I hate you too. All right. 
All right, how can I get back at that person? You know, hurting people hurt people. How can I get back at that person? Oh, they got a message for a job. I know they out of job. They ain't got a job. Did you get my mind? I didn't get no message from you. Hurting that other person because you hurt. And enemy using it. So enemy said, yeah, now I got strife in the house. Now that I got strife in the house, I'm going to bring division in the house. I'm going to turn mother against father, father against mother, mother, mother against child. In that trial going on about that mother, how she, how she, who knows or not, but kill the child, but there's some neglect in there somewhere. Am I right about it? I can't judge who guilty or not, but I can tell you there's something missing when you ain't calling and checking on your child. How the saints go, it's 3 o'clock, do you know your children are? Remember those commercials? After school, do you know your children? You know crime is going high between the hours of 3 and 6. The hour between the, the children at home, parents may be at work, and there's no supervision. Y'all lost that. We need to ensure that we have made up our mind that says, Lord, I'm going to be used for holiness and righteousness. So that means that when I wake up in the morning, I will guard my tongue. I'll be like Job. I'll make a covenant with my eyes. Not to look lustfully unto a young maid. And I'll make a covenant with my tongue. Lord, I will bless you and I will curse not. I will speak to others of psalms and loves and hymns. I'll, I'll make a covenant with my mouth not to backbite and backstab somebody. I was at revival last night. I'm trying to leave you all alone. But I was at revival last night and the pastor was talking about how he's saying that he's been backbitten and, I mean, backbitten and backstabbed worse by Christians than he was when he's on the streets. He said he was sitting at the bar getting drunk and everybody would buy him a drink and take care of him. You go to the church, they talking about you and stabbing you in your back, say you ain't good for nothing. Come on, somebody. How is it that you're supposed to be a place of love, but we're a place of spite, a place of envy, place of insecurity, because we're allowing the devil to use us? And, and, and you know the devil's looking for the weakest link. Because, he, you know, he got to get him from somebody. And anyone will do. And so he can get you talking about somebody else. Somebody said, what you say, huh, huh? And they go tell somebody else. And next thing you know, you walk up into the church and everybody's glaring at you, looking down on you. And you wonder what's going on. Like, what happened? You're like, did, did, did I do something wrong when we went out to eat? Did I eat too much? Uh, did, I, did, I, did I do something wrong in their house? Or should I took my shoes off when I went home? You don't know what's going on. But all it is that they're talking about you because the enemy wants to push you out of the church. But yeah, Christ is saying that, but you used to go out and love one another. Put their, their need above your need. To build them up over yourself. Time out for this house. Somebody tells a story, you always got to top their story. I know I got off with the message, but I just got to say what I'm saying. Though, because sometimes somebody come out, look what my child is, and you're going to go ahead and say, my child got straight as all semesters. Just destroy the story. I have my kid. My kid struggled, but they finally got on the honor. All of a sudden, you're going to smash that story. To brag about your child. There's nothing wrong bragging about your child. Just hold your peace and tell them another day. Let them have their joy right now. They're excited. They shared it with you, but you just smashed on it. Oh, I can top that one. Don't top it. Build them up. So that's great. Praise the Lord for that child. Good job, man. I know you was working, praying hard for that child. Great job. It's time out that we allow the enemy, because the enemy loves pride. 
That's why he said, I will set my throne above him. That's how dumb the enemy is. I want you to catch this. That we should be so on fire for the Lord that the enemy dare not mess with you. The pastor said this last night. He says, do you see a fly get on a hot stove? That spoke truth to me. But yeah, well, you lukewarm. Oh, they will come all mess with you. Jesus says, I'd rather you hot or cold. But if you lukewarm, I'll spew you out. The devil the, and, and Christ got nothing to do with some lukewarm. I mean, lukewarm, they got nothing to do with you. you you good for nothing. You, he said, the pastor go around and say, you walking like this all the time. Got one foot here, one foot there. Don't know what to do. Good for nothing. But Cass says, when you're on fire for the Lord, the enemy has nothing to do with you. Y'all missed that. Y'all missed that. When you're on fire for the Lord, the enemy wants to stay away from you. Because he knows he's going to be defeated. Look how the enemy came after Jesus. Jesus came back with the word of God. After that, the enemy was gone because he's like, man, I can't do nothing with this. So what did he do? He went and worked on other people. Y'all missing that? He went and worked on Judas. He worked on the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Jesus says, you are the sons of the devil. Father, my spirit, but he says, you are bastards. You have no father. Because if you were sons of Abraham, then you would be happy of my coming and my presence that I am, that I said I am. But instead, you are sons of the devil. We need to make sure that we are open to truly have our minds made up to serve the Lord. That we have to be dead to the flesh and alive in the spirit. Knowing that it's through grace. I'm going to close. Look at verses 23. It says this. For the wage of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. I looked at this so many times and not to look just preparing to preach this message that I, 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 I was awakened to what's happening here. You got to go back just a little bit further. It says when you were slaves to sin, verse 20, you were free from the obligation to do right. And what was the result? You are now ashamed of the things you used to do, things that end in eternal doom. Anybody here ashamed? But now you are free from the power of sin and have become slaves of God. Thank you, Jesus. Now you do those things that lead to holiness and result in eternal life. Look what happens here. That if I'm a slave to sin, my result is death. The wages of sin is death. If I'm a slave to sin, if I'm working for sin, I'm serving sin, I'm going to get my pay, which is death. The wages of sin is death. So if I'm a slave to sin, living, ongoing, continuously sinning before the Lord, I'm going to get my pay. Because it's due. But if I've made up my mind to live a holy life for the Lord, I'm going to start doing works of righteousness and holiness, and my result will be eternal life. 
Y'all catch that's going on? So when you wake up in the morning, what's your result going to be? Some of us have woke up in the morning with death on our mind. We come back home with death. You got a dead house, a dead marriage, dead relationship with your children because you're living in sin. God have mercy. And we won't blame everybody else while the problems are in your house. But you haven't changed your mind. You so caught up trying to change somebody else. But you haven't changed yourself. I don't know about you, but my Christ Lord changed me. Have your way with me. Help me love better than I ever loved before. Help me be more gracious than I ever had before. Help me be more patient than I ever had before. Because I think I've done enough, but I haven't done enough. I haven't bled. I haven't died. I've done what I wanted to do. But Lord, I got to go further. You see, Paul said that for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. It's not for everybody, but the challenge is this. Who, who believes in him need to earnestly seek him and believe that he's a rewarder of those who do so. Some of y'all might know that verse, Hebrews eleven six. Without faith it's impossible to please God. Because you got to believe that he who he is, that he does exist. And he rewards those who earnestly seek. I'm trying to leave you alone, but my heart is just so, so overwhelmed right now because David says, one thing I desire, Lord, that is to see his face. And David understood, Lord, in order for me to see my face, I got to remove sin from my life. I got to be holy before you. But who can come before the Lord? Those who have holy hands and a pure heart. Oh, God. Oh, God. Create with me a clean heart. Renew my spirit. I don't know about you, but every day, Lord, I'm desperate for you to clean my heart. Because I don't know about you because I walk this earth and this earth is dirty. Tell me, tell me, tell me, how many of you can take a shower one day and be clean for the rest of the month? Daily, you got to clean yourself. I'm going to write about it. So if you got to do that on this earth, the enemy's always throwing stuff on you that you got to continue to brush off. That's a little purify my heart one more time. Because I don't know about you, but every time I turn my TV on, there's something enlisted on there that I got to hurry up and go pass by. I, I, it's time out that I love to watch my sports, but if I flip by some HBO or something late at night, that's showing something I really should not be looking at. So I got to look at the God. Now, I can't just, because you know you could channel surf back in the day, right? You can't channel surf now because you're going to run across some stuff. And then the time you want to forget it, it shows up. But we start filtering ourselves, Lord, give me more of your word. Give me more of your joy. Give me more of your peace. It's amazing how the enemy tries to keep on, but you be like Teflon. To keep on bouncing off you. It can't stick to you. Because we realize that I'm dead to that mess. So if I'm dead to that mess, then you can bury my grave and put a tombstone or a marker where it used to be. But I hear I'm living a new life now. I don't know where you are, but I just want to have a time for prayer. Those who just want to come on an act of faith, just come on forward. You don't have to come forward. You don't have to come forward, but I'm just going to give this opportunity. I'm just going to pray with us and pray with for myself as well, too, that, Lord, we want to be fully 
committed living for you. That we will be instruments of righteousness and not instruments of wickedness. That we can remove those things that have easily beset us so we can run with endurance for, for, the, one that, for the race that is before us. Because let revival start with us. Because revival can't start because somebody else starts it. Revival starts with you. Or the pastor say it this way. Say, if you want to start a revival, go into your closet and draw a circle around yourself. And say, God, start right here. <laughs> Hallelujah. I see as your hands are touched, you know what you're doing. Because you, you each one are going to be a spark. And you know how a spark can start a forest fire. It don't take much, but you are each one of being a spark. You're igniting the person next to you. To be on fire for the Lord. And say, Lord, I want to be available unto you. I want to be an instrument unto you. God, I want to be fully devoted unto you. Yes, 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 yes. It's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. But greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. Yes, the enemy is going to come against you. But tell your enemy he's already been defeated. And you're walking in the victory of the Lord. Yes, they're going to try to remind you. that tell you what you did last night. But you can tell them I'm dead to that. But I'm alive in the newness of Christ. And when you walk in that promise, catch this, catch this. Somebody's going to tell you down of camps, you say, I got a new body. Over in glory, somebody's going to tell you, you lost your job today. You say, my God will still provide all my needs. Somebody's going to come by to, tell, to you and tell you, you're just no good. You're going to say, when God looked at me, he said, I'm very good. You will speak truth into your life because you know who you are and who you are to be. Contrary to popular belief, this is, this is not your best life. When Christ comes back, that's going to be our best life. But while we're on this earth and journey, we say, Lord, I choose to suffer for you. Lord, I choose to live for you. Because my hope is built on nothing less but Jesus Christ and his righteousness. And may that hope Help us through our perseverance, through our tribulations. Know that our hope will not disappoint us. Father, Lord, we just come right now, God. Lord, we thank you, Father, Lord, that you love us. That your grace is everlasting. That you forgive us of all our sins. And, Lord, we stand here realizing, God, that the enemy is trying his best to keep us away from you. But, Lord, we realize that, God, when we're in your hands, hallelujah, we are instruments for good works, oh God. Lord, in your hand, we know that you're still working on us. And he that's begun a good work will complete it until the coming of our Lord and Savior, your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you, God, that every morning we wake up, Lord, we're going to give our lives over to you. Knowing, Lord, that we don't want death in our lives, but we want to see life. We want to see peace. We want to see joy. That, God, it's going to be times that people get on our last nerves when things don't go our way. But, God, we won't lean on them, but we'll just trust your word. That, God, you created us for a good purpose. That, Lord, you know what's best for us. Lord, that you provided your son for us. So we don't have to worry about tomorrow for tomorrow. Worry about itself. But, God, we'll just only lean on you. Father, we'll just stretch out our hands unto you. No, Lord, as, you, as we draw nigh unto you, will draw nigh unto us. Lord, right now, I'm praying for breakthrough. Father, I'm praying for made-up minds right now, God, that whatever it is they've been struggling, whatever it is they've been holding on to, God, they just turn it over to you, God. And they say, Lord, I will live for you for now on, God. Now I will not satisfy the lust of my flesh, the lust of my eyes, the thirst of my tongue, 
But instead, Lord, I will satisfy you, almighty God. I will not work for the praises of man, but God, I'll work for your praises. God, I will not work for people to lift me up, but Lord, I'll work to lift up the name of Jesus. God, I pray right now for every marriage here in this place, God, that each one will learn to keep you first, oh God. And as they keep you first, oh God, it'll help them to better love one another, almighty God. It'll trickle right down to the children, know what love looks like, how love is kind. Love is patient. Love is forgiving. It does not keep no record of wrong. It endures much, oh God. God, it does not boast, oh God, does not envy. Love never fails. Lord, we pray that perfect love covers a, uh, casts out all fear. Love covers a multitude of sins. Lord, we thank you for your love. Because, Lord, because of your love, we can boldly come before this throne of grace, knowing that there's none righteous before you. But, Lord, we thank you that we have, we have been given salvation through Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. And it's him we put our trust in. Man has let us down. Money has let us down. This economy has let us down. Our, our politics has let us down. But, Lord, you've never left us nor forsake us. The economy of crash has gone through a recession. But, God, you on the cattle on the thousand hills, Lord. You never grow empty. You will never deplenish because, God, you are everlasting, God. You are the Alpha and the Omega. You are the beginning and the end. God, we thank you that you are the author and the finisher. So, Father, Lord, in spite of what the world tells us, God, we trust your word. May it be a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path. God, may we just repent right now, oh God, for allowing lies to become truths to us. But, Lord, we do believe that you have called us and, and, and seated us in the heavenly places. That you have bringing us peace, God, that transcends all understanding. That you know what's best for us. We declare, God, that you've given us life and life everlasting. We declare, God, that you've given us a hope that will not despair. We declare, God, that they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. We declare, God, that greater is he that's in us than he that is in the world. We declare, God, that there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. We declare, God, that we will present ourselves to you as a living sacrifice. We present ourselves to you, God, as instruments of righteousness. We declare on today, God, that you are Lord all by yourself. And may that govern us as we walk, as we talk, as we live. Father, minister to our hearts right now. Minister to our hearts right now. Oh, thank you, God. Oh, thank you, God. Lord, we're sorry. Lord, I'm sorry, oh God. Lord, have mercy, almighty God. Have mercy, almighty God. Have mercy, almighty God. Have mercy, almighty God. Thank you, God, for your grace, for your loving kindness. Father, Lord, I thank you here every cry out. You see each tear that falls. And each son and daughter that stands before you, God, or your child. And you care specifically about their problems. And I thank you, Lord, that you will declare your truth in their lives. And, Father, Lord, I pray that they be open to receive your truth, O oh God. And let it take root upon their lives. And may they walk in your obedience and see the fruit that you provide for them. In Jesus' name, Lord, we pray. Amen. Amen. Hug somebody, tell them, tell them, well done. <laughs>